Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my best buddy out there, Seth Robinson. Seth, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm enjoying, I think, our first actual day of spring. I, actually, I think I missed a day when I was in Vegas last week, so this is the first day that I'm enjoying, uh, but you're in Vegas right now. I sure am. I haven't been outside. This is the pathetic and sad thing that I've been here for three days and the sun is shining and it looks beautiful. And I've been, you know, I was dying to get here to get away from the horrible weather in New England, but I haven't gotten outside. I think I might have a break later today. But nonetheless, I am here. A lot of high energy. It's a, like a big conference, the Channel Partners Conference and Expo that we you've been to before. We go to this every single year. And yep. uh, yeah, it's been great. I just got off the main stage, did a um, presentation on diversity, a panel on diversity in high tech, which is kind of offbeat. And it was great. And I'm really glad to uh, ta- tackle that topic. And joining me here today is another keynoter. So yesterday's big star, uh, Jay McBain of Forrester Research. And Jay, uh, we all go back a long ways with Jay, who's here. And uh, I think we should focus a little bit on Jay's keynote topic and, you know, what his insights are about the future of the channel and where you see you had like five key trends you were talking about yesterday. So give me, give us a snapshot of what you were, what you were talking about. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I'm Happy to be on this uh, this podcast. Yeah, I'm really I, psyched I, to have you. I listen yeah, to it. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Jay. Listen to it often. It's part of my queue, so um, always happy to listen. I remember it was probably a couple of years ago now. Uh, I penned an open letter to CompTIA, and a lot of what my keynote was yesterday stemmed from two years of research after that open letter. And I know on this podcast, you guys had debated it at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, talked about things like shadow channels and, and other types of things, but now that I'm at Forrester, uh, I don't make up numbers anymore. I have a team of a thousand really, really strong researchers behind me that, you know, can go and ask people questions and make it, you know, scientifically accurate. So, you know, in front of 6,000 channel partners that are here, you know, the one thing that, you know, CompTIA has spent a lot of time on, and I know Todd Thibodeau up on stage has talked about the demographic changes that we're, mm-hmm. we're coming up against. You know, when he talked about it, it was eight years. It's now six years to come. And as I talk to different vendors and master agents and even the partners themselves, they're all starting to feel it. Uh, The amount of retirements, the M&A activity right now is off the wall. You know, every day it seems like we're getting five different announcements uh, coming from different places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is kind of accelerating this um, change that's happening with the new buyer. And, you know, we found at the time, you know, we were questioning whether channel partners were going to be able to call on lines of business executives where two thirds of all technology decisions are made today. And would they make that transition? Would they cross the chasm or would there be new types of partners that took advantage of this new buyer? And so a lot has played out in two years, uh, but a lot of it, you know, quite frankly, hasn't been beneficial to the traditional channel. No. You know, they you know, we're hearing a lot of numbers being thrown around and I'm getting a lot of nodding heads now saying that, you know, people are seeing maybe 10 to 20% of their current channel making an effective transition to the new buyer, to the cloud, to the downstream revenue, and, you know, to a lot of the new opportunity areas that are high margin. Yeah, that's been one of the bigger shocks for me in the research that we've done year over year for State of the Channel and some of the managed services studies that I've done is that, the needle is not moving as fast as it should be. In fact, it's not moving. It's it's almost shocking at how slow things are going. How long, Jay, have you and I been talking about managed services? We'll just go on that subject right there. 
I mean, that, that should be the, the, the de facto business model at this point, and it still isn't. And now we're looking at emerging technologies. Seth, you've done a ton with emerging tech and, and cloud, and study after study shows we are moving at, incremental, at an incremental pace. And a lot of this has to do with a lot of people are just getting out of the market altogether because they're retiring or they're selling their business. And, and so you know, who's going to fill that gap and who's going to take on the, the challenge of becoming the partner of the future who embraces all of this emerging tech and is able to, to you know, leverage that and deliver on that? I think that's pretty interesting, Carolyn. Like, you know, we, we talk about the pace at which these things move. And you and I have talked about this before that I think that the, the pace that we're assuming is probably grossly exaggerated. And, and in reality, when you're dealing with a lot of systems that have been in place for a long time, a lot of business models that have been in, in place for a long time, even though you can do a proof of concept with some technology, whether that's cloud or blockchain or some emerging technology, that does not mean that it's going to get adopted overnight. And and so I think that, you know, we've taken a step back and, and Jay, I'm, I'd be interested to hear if if you're seeing this as well and, and try to assess, you know, what's really happening. And I think the M&A that you're describing, Jay, is, is kind of a self-correction of this problem. You know, we, we've talked a lot about how the, the channel is aging and, and we, we need gaps to be filled, but the, the demand is changing as well. And, and I think that that M&A is, is helping kind of right size the resources that we have in our traditional channel with the demand that is taking place out in the market. Yeah, absolutely. And if you talk managed services, you know, the business model's now been set for almost 18 years. Mm -hmm. And much like I watched with great interest, I was at IBM at the time when IBM went full into services, really outsourcing at an enterprise level. And it was huge growth through the 1990s. And then it hit a plateau where, you know, somewhat close to 25 to 30% of companies would outsource IT and 70% wouldn't. Now that it moved into mid-market and SMB, you know, managed service providers, about 30,000 of them picked up this business model, ran double-digit growth for, you know, at least the last 10 years and uh, have really made a market out of it. But what we're starting to see is this plateau coming where, you know, in SMB and mid-market, 30% might be another plateau where managed services starts to level off in the next couple of years in terms of growth. And what you're seeing is consolidation, you're seeing price compression, you're seeing private equity starting to put together national brands and international brands. And this is part of industry maturity that um, comes after you've hit the growth curve. And a lot of these things would say that, you know, what's next? And when you look at these downstream revenues that come in these new cloud business application, infrastructure, platform layers, and everything else, it is almost 90% project revenue. Mm -hmm. It's not recurring. Uh, it's very sticky. It's very high margin. And it's multi-year contracts. And the change orders are high, high profit items. But, you know, it is not recurring. It's not per month, per unit, per person type of business. Yeah. You're getting back into Gantt charts and milestones and change orders. And the companies that are successful, a lot of these shadow channels that we talk about, are project-based companies. So you, yeah, that's very fascinating. And, and I wonder, because you talk a lot about this, about this whole uh, software as a service type channel, all of those companies, are they in the project world? Or is this, or is that, again, another an entirely different lane that we're talking about? 
they're a hundred percent project. Yeah, okay. And they are, uh, you know, in a, an example, Salesforce for every dollar of Salesforce revenue that gets sold, uh, $4 and 14 cents of downstream revenue gets sold. That $4 and 14 cents is, you know, implementation, integration, installation, compliance, security, business continuity, you know, a lot of these services. And today they're at between 40 and 75% margins in a project world. And so these businesses are figuring out different slices of the pie of that $4 that they can go grab at high revenue. And these are the areas that the traditional channel is having difficulty breaking into that $4. Yeah, I wonder how, you know, how much of the traditional channel is ever truly going to blend with today's newer channel. And so are we going to have, you know, different lanes that never intersect at all, or we, will we see some cross-pollination at some point? And I don't know, I think the jury's maybe out on that one. Yeah, one of the offshoots of the current channel uh, is this born in the cloud phenomena. And one you, thing by that, the way, had a great slide on the born in the cloud. The, 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 great the dude little, in the cloud, The yeah. dude in the cloud, yes. Yeah, that took a lot yeah. of Google imaging searching <laughs> that one. Uh, the, the interesting thing is they've built a business model that does not rely on front-end margin from vendors doesn't really even rely on back-end SPIFs or MDF funds or anything else. They have found a way to go make money within that $4, and they play a little bit of the adult in the room. So even though you might be a VP of marketing putting in a you know lead generating uh, stack uh, for your own business unit, it still needs to be secure. It needs to be compliant. You're thinking GDPR. You're thinking all these things that will either get you fired or your CEO in jail. There has to be an adult <laughs> in the room when there's also a digital agency in there, there's also a, a Marketo rep in there, there's you know maybe an SI in there, there's ISVs that are in there. So there's a bunch of other people in these shadow channels that are participating with the customer. But at some point, somebody needs to lock it down, mm-hmm. make it secure, and these are the skill sets that the traditional channel have but they're having difficulty. Yeah, Seth, you and I talk about this a lot, is that you know they may have, be having an impact today, these shadow channels, but and line of business buyers, so it's sort of a, tip, you know, a complimentary phenomenon, but when it comes to the real nuts and bolts, they may go out and implement something really quickly, and they haven't thought about security, they haven't thought about compliance, they haven't thought about really much of anything in long-term implications, and that's where you, know, you do a ton of security studies, but that's where I think the traditional channel will end up playing. Right. I, I think that there is a, a lot of confusion right now that almost gets wrapped into the, the words that we use. I think even as we've been talking here, we're talking about traditional channel and, and shadow channel. And you two are the channel experts and you see more of this than I do. But I know there are some firms out there that we're talking about, like digital marketing people or whoever, that they don't recognize the word channel and they don't necessarily think of themselves as part of that. And if you really trace the origins of that word channel, what we mean is indirect channel for distribution of product. Now, services came along pretty quickly as you were trying to get out to these end customers, but distribution is the thing that has changed so dramatically. And I think even internally in, in, inside the traditional channel, as we've talked about managed service providers, they are not doing that distribution. And, and so we've almost created some of this disconnect Really, you know, what we're talking about, we have tried to call it business of technology to describe this tier of of people that's between vendors and end users. At some point, we're really just talking about the modern IT industry and how that works. And Jay, with you talking about 
so much of it skewing towards project work, uh, you know, that's, I think, another facet of this, that at some point, we almost have to back all the way up and say, what's happening with the overall IT industry? What number and types of partners does an end user need? What types of partners does a vendor need? You know, these may be different things and they may be changing. And then there's a ton of space for a lot of other people to be involved with technology and to be helping with just what you talked about, Carolyn, some of these gaps that a lot of people don't have core competency in. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think we spend so much time on nomenclature, you know, and we talk about you know, what does the channel mean. And, and Jay, you've done a ton of research on this and some great thought leadership on there's no such thing as one monolithic channel. And um, and I think you're right, Seth. This is just the modern IT industry. And the people that play in the middle are just, just – they're just a part of it. And where they come in um, – uh, doesn't necessarily need to be defined so strictly, I think. I think, you know, um, distribution is probably the biggest thing that has changed because cloud has completely, you know, thrown that, you know, thrown that for a loop in how customers consume their technology today and how it's available to them. So I think we're in a, you know, we're kind of in a little bit of a Wild West time where we're figuring out um, everybody's role. But for me, I think you could step back and stop like obsessing about it so much. It's kind of like, okay, this is I sell or I influence technology in some way. This is kind of what CompTIA is trying to do is stop calling it this, this, or this, and just say this is the business of technology. This right. is just, you know, and maybe, you know, you, this is how you do it and this is how I do it, but we don't all have to be in buckets, yep. you know. So one thing that we did a lot of research on was the buyer and, mm -hmm. you know, this changing buyer you know, how do they behave? What do they do? How do they make decisions? How do they involve people? You know, we've got a bunch of numbers. I showed a couple of them during the keynote, but 58% of them are actually bringing in their channels directly. They're not going to the IT department to say, hey, who's fixing our PCs or who's doing managing our network? They're going out to their peer networks and out to their uh, communities and, and asking the question of, you know, how do I drive more leads at a mid-sized clinic in upstate New York? And it came to this idea of vectors instead of verticals, where if you walk in and say, hey, I'm a healthcare expert, I've read HIPAA, I've read high tech, I'm here to help you. And they look at you funny and say, well, listen, I, you know, your experience at hospitals or in dentist offices doesn't help me. I have 50 doctors, I have this many resources, I need to talk marketing. You know, we're driving leads, top of funnel, you know, we're talking this language. Technology is a, a means to an end. I need you to know my sub-industry. So these mid-sized clinics is one of 297 sub-industries. I need you to know my geography because it's different compliance, regulation, legislation in upstate New York, then Vegas, then Toronto, then Europe. I need you to understand the nuances of where I live, my sector, my segment, my size. I need you to know the tech stack because I'm going to be buying seven pieces of technology to fix my lead problem. So therefore, that's your resume I need. And it's not just that the channel's aging, and it's not that they're, uh, you know, don't have the will to go change and call on these new buyers. Learning those five vectors is a completely different motion than they've been doing for 37 years, and that's probably the most important thing of why maybe only 10 to 20 percent of the current channel has been successful crossing the chasm. Yeah, it, this is no easy task at all. It's sophisticated stuff. It involves money and investment. So there's yep. that, that you got to consider. 
And uh, you're right. I don't think you, I, you know, I think you're going to probably stay at that 20% in the channel of those who make a very successful trend. And I'm talking the traditional channel, air quotes there, um, that'll be able to make that shift. And then you're going to, you know, th- those who do fill that void are going to be new companies that, right. you know, that start out that way. So I'm starting yeah, to I, I love that description, Jay, that as you were going through that, talking about a specialized partner, you went through many different steps before you got to the part of, and then I need to buy some technology. And I think that's what's been confusing for a lot of people that we talk to, a lot of people within our membership, is when we talk about specialization, if, if they're a, a network admin, they're trying to figure out, okay, how do I specialize in network administration? And there are all of these layers above that that have to happen before you would get to some of the really fine tuning that you might do on the network because you've bought these applications because you're pursuing a business objective. And that's to your point, Carolyn, I think that this stuff is a completely different approach than people are used to. And and not that they can't do it, but it's just, it's so new. And I've been writing a paper about the tipping point that we have crossed, you know, in the past seven years. And we've got a whole lot of history that we're trying to overcome as we come to grips with this new stuff. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the, that's a good endpoint if we're talking about history and toppling the world over and everything else. But I think we've got a, we've got a very interesting, I'd say, next five years to be looking at what, what ends up happening. Yeah, I think What's the last thing. Yeah, one last, big prediction? The yeah, last thing I would say is I, I would go back to what Seth said about the definition of channel. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we focus on it and we, we, we spend a lot of time on it. But, um, you know, Todd Thibodeau as well said on stage that 75% of the channel, air quotes, will be millennials by 2024. And I, I started to think about that. That was actually the impetus of my open letter, um, pushing CompTIA, but pushing channel partners and pushing CRN and pushing all of the traditional channel outlets to rethink you know, how we define channel. Mm-hmm. Because the 178,000 people in skinny jeans at Dreamforce would not call themselves a channel. When I talk to vendors, they will not become a bronze you know, hoping to be silver part of your program. They won't come in and onboard and go through the motions of incentives, co-selling, co-marketing like others. They will be real time. They'll be looking for flexibility. They'll be looking for automated programs. They'll be looking for self-service. This is a banking app that they wanna, you know, avoid talking to a teller and they wanna do everything themselves in real time. And they may go away for two years and do the downstream revenue. Mm -hmm. And they're not a traditional partner. And it's okay that, you know, we call them something different, but the, it will be 75% millennials and we just have to open up our aperture to see who those people will be. Absolutely. Great insights. Thanks, Jay, so much for joining us. Seth, any final words? Uh, no, I think that covered it pretty well. I, I, I agree with you, Jay. There's a lot of complexity coming. And, and as much as we have automation, that app, the appetite for technology is growing larger than I think the automation is helping simplify the complexity. And so we will have all of these new people. So thank you both for making some time out there. You know, I'm just at home here, but uh, you guys are busy. So thank you very much. We got to to peel off from the, from the masses and and chill, (laughs) chill for a few minutes, but all right, my friend, we will talk soon. All right. Take care. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.